Bienvenue dans le podcast « Comment lever des fonds avec sa startup ». Si tu es ici, c'est pour une bonne raison. Tu veux apprendre comment on fait pour lever des fonds avec sa boîte. Ça tombe bien, dans chaque épisode, je vais venir interviewer un fondateur de startup qui vient juste de lever des fonds. L'objectif, tout comprendre pour vous aider à réussir votre levée de fonds. Hello everyone, uh, thank you very much for coming, Dory. Thank you for having me. So, um, some of you are going to be a bit uh, disturbed because it's the first time I'm doing this episode, this series, this podcast in English. Uh, because where are you from, Dory? I'm currently based in Santa Monica, California, but I'm originally from uh, Tel Aviv, Israel. Okay, nice, yeah. awesome. So we we move around the world. That's perfect. I really wanted to do this uh, episode in English because uh, Startup Nation and the World Fundraising uh, Game. I think it started in the US. I'm not sure. Maybe some someone who has historical fact check can tell me if I'm wrong. But you are the land of fundraising, and uh, I really, I start, really wanted to start interviewing people from the US to see if there is any difference uh, between what we experience in France. Before we start, um, I love your company. I already told you. Can you just pitch us in? 20 seconds, what you do, and we will never speak again about your company during this episode. <laughs> sure. Uh, so a uh, company is called Simple Closure, and what we've built is a platform to help companies shut down. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the, the sad truth is 93% of, of startups shut down, and the process to shut down a company is very bureaucratic and slow and manual and painful. And so we've built a platform to help streamline it, automate it, and so founders can move on to what's next with the peace of mind that it's done right. To build a new company. Yes. Awesome. Do you only operate in the U.S. at the moment? Yeah, we currently only operate in the U.S. So um, we do have some international customers that have opened an entity in the U.S. because they fundraise in the U.S., for example. Um, so we do have some international customers, but we only help with U.S. companies right now. Okay, maybe maybe France. Uh, soon we have a lot of failures around. <laughs> yeah, someone told me recently that actually uh, the process of shutting down a company in France is very very painful as well. Specifically France, <laughs> I don't know, but that's what I heard. Yeah. I, I heard I heard this joke like if when there is something new, the Chinese will build it, the American will sell it, and the French will create a law on it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it it is France. I don't know about the US. Um, I, I've heard many founders go to US and say that it's really hard to uh, start a company there because of the green card and lots of other stuff, but yep. more related to you personally, not the company. Um, I know that your safe uh, method is way more faster than ours. <laughs> and I know that the way investors behave in US is way different than in Europe, more related to the speed, I would, I would say, yeah, and the amount, of course. Um, yeah, maybe France is your next market, maybe not, because you really need to dig, dive, dig, uh, dive deep inside our process, sure. administration process, and maybe it's not the, the right fit yet. Yeah. <laughs> maybe when you raise more money. <laughs> sure. So we are here to talk about your last fundraising. So you raised 1.5 million using SAFE agreement. So in France, the equivalent for us in France is called uh, BSAR. I'm saying to the people who listen for French people. Sure. And it's quite impressive because in France, we usually raise around top half a million, you know, using this method, 
not more than that. Is it common in the US to raise that much with SAFE or you can yeah. and you can raise even more? I've honestly see, have colleagues and founders that have raised probably even north of 10 million with SAFEs. Um, 10 million with SAFE. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's actually a I think the vehicle of a SAFE is less about the amount you raise, it's more about not needing to go through a bureaucratic process of an equity round. Um yeah. and so um I think it's a great tool and it's just very, very speedy and cost efficient. Okay. Yep. That's a, I, d I don't even think we, we can top that in France. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we usually I start this uh, interview by going back, you know, when you first founded the company to understand, you know, how did you, what, which step did you take to raise this much money? So when was this company created? Sure. So uh, the company was started earlier this year, so 2023. Um, honestly, like to, to share my story about how we started, um, I, I'm a third time founder myself. So I've sold a company, I've shut down a company, um, which is kind of what sparked in me the pain of understanding what it means to shut down a company. Um, but when I, I think starting a company for the third time, you're definitely a lot more efficient. You're, you're a lot more strategic and you're, you know, just a lot more aware of what needs to be done and how. And so I started the company. Um, I would say I've had this idea bubbling in me for some time since dealing with the shutdown of, of a past company. Um, and then what I decided to do this year, early this year, is I wanted to say, okay, I, I really believe that this is a pain point, but that's, that's just an idea. That's just a thought that I think it's a pain point. Um, I need to validate that to see that, see if I'm right or, or, my, or my, am I the only stupid one that went through this difficult process <laughs> shutting it down the company? Um, and so I did two things in parallel. Um, I started exploring the market. And what does it mean exploring the market? Starting to understand how many companies shut down per year. How big is this problem? Um, how big is the addressable market, right? And what I think I realized in terms of like high level, um, the, the headline is that actually it's a really big problem. There's between 700,000 and a million companies that shut down every year in the US. And that's like pre-recession, pre-COVID, unrelated to like, you know, what people are saying is like, yeah. a, you know, startup winter, crypto winter, things like that. That has been historically the numbers for probably about the last 15, 20 years in the US market. Um, and, you know, what's really interesting is I actually dove in and said, okay, let's look at how many companies get founded every year, right? And actually the amount of companies that get founded is around 800,000 per year, also pretty consistently. So it's really interesting. There's, there's actually a balance of amount of companies shutting down and amount of companies opening up every single year. And so the economy in the US of, of business is actually kind of flat, it goes up a bit, but for the most part, um, it's pretty flat. So realized there's a really big market here. There's a lot of companies shut down, shutting down. If you look at the amount of um, companies that exist to help you, start a startup legal zoom and zen business and rocket lawyer and like there's so many i'm sure in france there's a bunch there's like tens maybe like 30 40 50 companies that help you incorporate but there aren't ones that help you shut down and it didn't make sense to me given like the, the statistics are the same um it's crazy it's made me think about you know the driving license market we had yeah. uh, this uh, new startup in france that you know took over the old ones you know uh giving driving license and lessons to students. And he told us that what was really exciting for the investors was every year you have new people that are 18 years old and want a driving license and every year, every year, every year. So it's a steady business and you know it's going gonna, it's gonna to go on forever and you can just grow from country. So uh, 
I really see how investors will be really interested in this idea, especially saying that there is no one on the market and this is crazy, but maybe if there is no one, there is no market. This is also True. one of the main points. So, so January to 23, nine months ago, you started digging, asking potential customers, people, you know, is there an idea or not? And so you decided to incorporate the company straight ahead, build an MVP or just go for fundraising. Yeah. So I, I, like I said, I was doing market research and the other thing I was spending my time was interviewing founders that had shut down or were thinking about shutting down. And all I did is try to tap my network and find out who's been through the shutdown process and get on calls with them and say, Hey, tell me about your experience. What did you go through? How did you solve it? What were you doing? Who did you talk to? Did you pay for this? Did you not pay for this? What were the mistakes you made, right? And so I just got call after call with founders that have been through the shutdown process. And it just became really, really evident very quickly that there's a true pain point. Like, I think the, the consensus was if you ask a founder, what was the hardest part about building a company? They'll tell you it's shutting it down. Um, and it's mind boggling. Like building a company is really, really hard. Why does shutting down need to be a hard process? And I'm, and I'm putting the emotional aspect aside, right? I'm, I'm talking like just the bureaucratic uh, um, uh, process of that. And so I was actually ending calls with customers and this wasn't, I didn't have a product. We didn't have anything. I was exploring the market, but we were ending customers with call. We were ending calls with customers where they were like, Hey, it sounds like you're really experienced and you have a, a lot of knowledge in this space. Can I pay you as a consultant to help me shut down the company? Right. And once that started to become a trend where I was ending calls with customers are willing to pay for this, I said, okay, I think, you know, we validated the market. We validated there's a pain point and we validated that people are willing today to, you know, pull out a checkbook and pay money for some kind of service or things like that. And so obviously I said, Hey guys, I, I don't have a service. I don't have a product. I'm just doing interviews. Uh, but I think that's what really made me pull the trigger and realize that there's a real opportunity. Um, and so, uh, started simple closure. Uh, we, uh, worked really hard to spin up kind of our MVP version. We could put the hands of product in the, in the hands of customers, excuse me. I think that was the most important thing for us. How do we get a product in the hands of customers as quick as possible? Um, so how, so how did you, how did you find this? You know, it's like, I think a couple of months for work, maybe a couple of weeks. It's, you... it's, it's, it took, a. a quite a few months of work to really dig in, to build out the infrastructure of the process, to work very diligently and recruit top lawyers that are in the space of dissolutions and companies are shutting down, top accountants, going to tons of conferences in the space, really diving in. Obviously I had done a lot of research when I had shut down my company. So I actually pulled out all the past notes, all like I had Excel's like on my laptop from like, I think it was 2018 or whatever that I last touched it. And so I really, you know, had the framework, had everything used that as the base, but then started building on top of that and just spend time speaking to industry experts, going to conferences, speaking, you know, recruiting the best people that have the most knowledge on this front and starting to say, think about how does a product like this work and how do we get something, a light version of this in the hands of customers? Yeah. But again, how, how did you found uh, this, which with which money? Oh, uh, just bootstrapped it. That uh, like the, these first few weeks, months, it was it was bootstrapping. Honestly, we had customers banging on the door at that point, right? The customers were like, we're going to pay, so we took like uh, upfront payment from a few of them and used that to kind of uh, uh, kickstart to, to to cover a bit of cost. But obviously, in like these first few months, I'm not you know taking a salary or anything like that, um, and and the, and we're not taking salaries. We're kind of all working toward this, but we had already like 
you know, any little thing that we need to pay for, we have customers like from day one that we're already paying. That's the, and that's the message you're saying to all your investors is uh, we are have, we are getting money from customers. So yeah. there is a I real market. It, it's not it's not my money that I put in because of my previous company I'm investing. I'm using my customer money. And this is awesome. You know, for any investors looking at your pitch deck, uh, it's like, oh, yeah, he's real to something. Yeah. So that brings us to around June, I think, when you thought about fund, fundraising money. Um, actually, uh, I wasn't thinking at any stage about fundraising money. Uh, I was thinking about how do we build the best product possible? How do we solve yeah. this pain point? That's all I was thinking about. Um, in uh, April, actually, prior to June, in April, uh, April, May, I think it was, uh, I went to a, a, a conference in Vegas. There's a, there's a fintech conference every year. It's called Fintech Meetup, great conference. And so I, I went there on a free ticket. Literally, they have like tickets for like people in between roles or something like that, right? So I was in between. I wasn't sure what I was doing. Uh, I was kind of still kind of exploring this and building this out, but obviously hadn't really incorporated or done anything official. Um, and so went to the conference, um, ended up uh, running into a friend. I think it was the first evening, ran into a friend that I hadn't seen in a long time. Um, he was a growth investor that I knew from, Ernie, my previous company, but we hadn't been in touch probably in five years. And then he asked me, what are you working on? I told him, hey, I'm working on, you know, this product of helping companies shut down. I think it's a really big opportunity. It's painful, but but I think it's uh, it, it's wildly exciting. Um, and so he was like, oh, that's really interesting. Like, I'm a growth stage investor, so obviously it's, it's not relevant. But I, a friend of mine, he's a pre-seed investor. Uh, he's, here, he's here at the conference. I actually think you should talk to him. I think he's going to love this. Um, and so um, I said, sure, no problem. Happy to meet him. So I actually, he, we went from there to a happy hour. Uh, it, was, it was John Pomerantz. Uh, he's a, he's a, a partner at Vera Equity. Um, so he was there. Uh, the friend of mine introduced me to John. Uh, and, and John and I like hit it off. He immediately, I saw his eyes open up at the, at the, at the happy hour we were at. He asked me a million questions. Uh, how do you do this? How do you think about that? And then, like you asked me a million questions really. Um, and then there were, there was a happy hour actually with a lot of investors and VC. So like funds, like large funds, uh, the traditional FinTech funds in the U S and he's like, okay, I want you to come here. And this, I, he's friends with all the investors. They're all, you know, friends of each other. He's friends. Like, he, this guy, he, he, he kills every idea, this partner at this fund, right? I want you to pitch his idea and I want to hear him kill your idea. Right. So he takes me across and says, okay, pitch him an idea. And I, t- I tell him, this is what we're working on. And then he's like, starts to ask me questions. I answer questions like, wow. Okay, he didn't kill the idea. Okay, maybe we have something here. Takes me to the next investor says, I want you to pitch it to him now as well, right? Anyways, it was kind of like a joke, but it was fun. And, and it, it was like validating to see that there was a lot of excitement. Um, so I ended up spending a good portion of that evening with John. Um, literally later that night at like midnight, John texts me and says like, hey, I really love this. I want you to meet um, another partner at our fund. Because uh, typically, you know, at the funds, like they want usually like buying of a few partners. They don't want to typically not a single partner making a decision on investment. Um, so he's like, hey, uh, Mike, which is another partner in the fund. He's here at the conference as well. Um, I quickly shared with him. I want you to meet him tomorrow morning. I, I, I want to get his opinion as well. Met with Mike as well uh, the next morning. Had a great meeting. Uh, met John again at the conference. He's wanted to chat again. So we, we kind of like in this 24 hour period chatted and chatted again. Um, and then I, 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 uh, I, I, w- I left home. I was there for the conference, I think for one or two nights. Um, so I, I left home and literally, um, as I landed in LA to get back home, I had a text, uh, and a message from, uh, John and Mike saying, Hey, we're investing. We're in, 
uh, we want to do this. And so um, we, and, and I told the guys I'm not raising. Um, I just, I just enjoyed like meeting you and I, I love the excitement there. And then we had a, you know, conversation about, you know, the value of fundraising now, but honestly, uh, we weren't run, we weren't fundraising. We didn't have a deck. We didn't have anything. Um, and we were, you know, lucky enough to, uh, have investors that understood the potential that I had a really good connection with. Um, and they, uh, ended up leading our pre-seed round. Love the story. <laughs> it's really, uh, I, I feel like uh, those kind of movie from Netflix and Hollywood. Um, so I hope not because the ones they do in Netflix and Hollywood are no, always no. failures. <laughs> Although we crash and all the those no, ones, no. I, I hope not. One thing, one thing that interests sure. me is, so this guy, so we say hi to this guy. Thank you very much, bro. We'll see in the in the end of the story if they invest or not. But I think I'm sure that they did. But this guy, so he knew, you knew him from five years ago from a mm -hmm. previous company. Mm -hmm. he, he was an investor in this previous company? No, he wasn't. He, he was never an investor in any of your company. Okay. No. But he, he had known your, uh, what you've done, you know, the company you built and the failure yeah. and everything you've done. Okay. And I think that's a really important part of this. And also, how many questions when you met him did he ask about you and not the idea? I would say the friend that I hadn't seen for five years, the investor, I would say very, you know, how are you? What's new? But for the most part, it was like, tell me about your company. Tell me about, okay. you know, yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. So over, over this, this uh, trip was really, really useful. <laughs> yes. So after a very this successful trip, conference, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you went home, you say, okay, maybe I should start this fundraise and how, what was you know the the process then? Did you start modeling a deck, um, grabbing so, your phone? So uh, they they had texted us. We're in, um, and I like I said, I wasn't fundraising. I wasn't. I, I was actually thinking to bootstrap the company. That was the original plan because we had revenue from day one, and I really saw the potential to bootstrap it. Um, but then I had some deep conversations, both at the conference and the day after when I landed at the conference, I had some deep conversations with um, uh, the Vera team. Um, and they had said, uh, uh, rightfully so, we had a conversation about the market and the fact that, you know, if we bootstrap, we can have a good, you know, product for scale, right? I said, I probably have it ready in a year or so, right? You know, until we bootstrap and we use that money and we grow the team and then we slowly do it. And given the market and kind of all the predictions uh, mid this year are that at the be at, at the end of this year and beginning of next year, there's there's kind of a theory of around mass extinction and a lot of startups are going to shut down. And so, um, you know, we had a deep conversation about, hey, is time to market valuable here? And if we have a product up and running at scale in a few months and not in a year, is there value to that? And so I thought long and hard about that. And. Um, and, and eventually decided that I think I think it was the right call to take capital, um, to accelerate development, to hire a team quicker, to get a product, uh, a scalable product in the hands of, of customers uh, quicker, given where we are in the market, uh, macroeconomics and the cycle. Um, and so honestly, uh, they texted. Like I said, we got on a call. We talked about it again. Um, they came back with really good terms, fair terms. I think like given the oh, stage. I think I lost you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Sorry. I lost you. Okay. I lost you there. Sorry. Okay. Say okay. again. So, so they so text I'm... you. 
they they texted we got on the call and and i think like we talked about like what they had in mind in terms of the round right like the size the amount the valuation um and honestly they came back with terms that i thought were very yeah that's fair. true again oh maybe it's gonna come back it's the it happens you know it's okay yeah. people will not mind okay so okay. They, they, they they take you we i think we can finish this sentence <laughs> yes um can you hear me now yeah i can hear you now okay so they texted me we got on a call and we talked about like what are the terms of the investment right like the valuation the amount the structure yeah. um we talked about those things and honestly they offered terms that were very fair i think both to myself as a founder to the company to them as investors and so i think the terms uh <clears throat> can you tell more about the terms you know how, how yeah. much you know what was what was the ticket size what was the valuation so how, how much was uh, were you giving off the company was the company incorporated yet or not no the company wasn't incorporated yet i love it um we actually that's what slowed down the, the wiring of the money we had to incorporate the <laughs> The company ordered to wire the money, um, but they had sh they they uh, we did a safe note, so a traditional kind of YC safe note. Um, the round size came out to be uh, 1.5 million. Um, we, we don't share valuation, so I, I can't no share problem. about that. Um, but it was a total of 1.5 where they were the lead uh, investor in that round, um, and so um, you know obviously they dictated the valuation and the general round size. But it's a safe note, so it's pretty flexible. Um, yeah, so so they, they they came with terms. I thought that the valuation they were given and their check size was um, very, like I said, very fair to all parties. Like I don't think they were taking advantage of us as a company. I don't think we were taking advantage of them as an investor. I think like it was terms that we were all um, happy win -win. with. Yeah, it was a win-win. I, I literally didn't even negotiate. Like they came out with such friendly terms that I thought that that, that was uh, fair uh, to all parties. Um, and, and, and that's it. And we were off to the races. Um, okay. So how, how much did they, did they invest? Yeah. So again, I don't want to get into the mechanics exactly, but they led the round. So they put the, the, okay. you know, the majority of, of the, More than half. Okay. and I, then, I would say, I would say in that, in that range. Um, and then and what then, did you do when you had this check? You know, you, you went and you, you, did you agree with them that you needed to find other investors mm -hmm. or can you just. So, so honestly, the, the, the moment they said they were in immediately, they introed us or me to, um, probably like six funds immediately, uh, immediately. funds and funds and angels. Um, and so they immediately introduced, introduced us. Um, I would say I spent about a week, uh, you know, total from start to finish, like scheduling call, getting on a call, uh, but spoke to partners at about five or six funds in those following days, spoke to a few angels. Uh, that either I had worked with in the past and that I really enjoyed and I think add a lot of value or angels that I thought would be very critical for the type of company we're building. Um, and so uh, probably spent, uh, like I said, about a week or so uh, doing that. Uh, we ended up getting an oversubscribed round. So there was like more demand um, than, than we expected. Uh, we were oversubscribed and, we, and I kind of uh, capped it at the 1.5 million raise. Um, but it all kind of really came together really quickly. Uh, I think eventually we ended up getting uh, two funds, uh, two main funds that contributed. Uh, obviously, Vera Equity and the other one is Cambrian Partners. So uh, okay. Rex from Cambrian, which is an amazing fund. And Rex is amazing. He used to be at A16Z, used to do the fintech at A16Z. Um, and so uh, they were the two funds that kind of came in as funds. And the rest we ended up, I decided to take from those two funds. And the rest were angels. Um, uh, angels could be like executives, founders from companies like 
Gusto and Brex and Plaid and NVIDIA and Sidley and uh, okay. Sidley Austin. And so, yeah, that's kind of how it came together. I wonder, <coughs> bless you. I wonder okay. when, um, when you know, so the first found they say, yeah, I'm in. And he introduced you straight ahead to six of the founds and angels and people. I wonder um, if they were also testing you. Um, maybe, you know, by getting the feedbacks from these other founds and these other angels to see if there were something they did not see. Yeah. Look, I think it's, it's, it could be. Um, obviously, it could be. I don't know. I think that <clears throat> in terms of reputation... Uh, and uh, for funds, I don't think that typically once they say they're in, obviously you can always pull back. But once you say you're in and you're committed. Um, as long as you don't have the money on the bank account, <laughs> they can pull back, you know, anytime. Arnaud? Yeah, you lost me? <laughs> Are you yeah. there? I lost you. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Um, so again, I was saying as long as you don't have the money on the bank account... I, I 100% agree. Until the money's not in the bank, it doesn't matter. And I've, I, I 100% believe by that. And at any given point, it could fail. Even if they sign it and even if they execute the documents, until the money's not in the bank, it's not in the bank. Um, I am 100% with you. I guess I guess it didn't worry me too much. Um, I, I would say probably for two reasons. One, I, I think a lot of things change in entrepreneurs and founders when you're a first-time founder versus a second, third-time founder. I think you realize to take things in proportion. I think there's also a lot of trust by investors in repeat founders. And I was yeah. honestly, I remember when I raised for our first company, we used to go meet VCs and we probably got 50 no's until we got finally the yes. But I, I, I remember leaving some VCs where they were like, oh, we only invest in second time founders. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what, what does that person have that I don't have? Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure I'm equal or better than them. Like, there's no chance they're better than me. And I actually, in retrospect, it's not that they're better. They, one, yes, they're better because they have more, but it's because they have more experience. There is no, I, I, there's no exchange. They have more no shortcut. There's no shortcut for going through the journey yourself, no matter what you do. There's no shortcuts. Yeah. You can read about it. You can read books. You can read articles. You can speak to people until you've not gone through the process of building a business, succeeding, failing, raising. There is no, um, there's no alternative to that. And so uh, in retrospect, I understand. Um, and probably I would only back second time founders if as, a, as an angel myself, like I, I now <laughs> I get it. Um, so I, I, I think that was one part, um, just the experience. And the second one was like, I wasn't stressed to raise. Like I, we had a business, we have revenue, we have customers. It's really so important. Even if it doesn't work out, okay, want to pull out, pull out. I'm still building this business and I still believe in it and we still have customers. So it's like, I, the way I think about it, it is a privilege for you to join our company just as much as it is a privilege for me to have you around the table, right? It's, it's a, a mutual win. privilege. Um, so I think those two things didn't necessarily concern me about getting on calls with other funds um, and risking potentially them not investing. Okay, that's really interesting. When are you raising again? Um, I don't know. It's a good question. We are uh, um, relatively in the privileged space where the revenue is really picked up. Um, and so um, we're, we're actually getting toward profitability very soon. Um, um, again, I would say um, we started there, we grew the team and now we're kind of getting there again. 
Um, so I would say, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We want to make sure that we uh, continue to build a business the right way. We want to make sure that we have the resources to accelerate. There's a lot of demand, a lot of products and opportunities in R&D that we want to build in this platform. And so um, it's something we'll definitely take in, into consideration over the next few weeks and months. I hope when you do, do the next one, so Series A maybe, I don't know It'll how you could. Seed round. It'd be a seed, seed round. round. Oh, it was a pre-seed. Seed. Yes. Okay, when you do the seed round, please come back and tell us how it went. If it was also one night out in Vegas where you meet all your investors. Um, I'd be happy to. I have a, an odd question sure. um, and founders struggling to answer this one. Sure. So this is why I love it. Do you know how does your investors will make money by investing in your startup? Sure. Um, so I, I think I think it depends on the state. Again, from my experience and, and my knowledge in the space, I think it, it depends on the stage the investors invest in. I think the earlier the stage, like pre-seed, seed, in order for investors to have a meaningful outcome or our investors invest in pre-seed, they need like 100x, 1,000x outcomes, right? Um, I think the, the later you uh, go in the fundraising process and as you, um, you know, go to later stage funds, the returns, you know, are dropped to like 50x to 10x to, you know, grow stage pre-IPO only you're looking for a 3x sometimes because they're investing very late and it's pretty sure the company's going to IPO. Um, but honestly, in the way like the economics of, of, of funds and VCs work, like especially the pre-seed seed, like they need, a, you know, 100 to 1000x return for it to be worth their while. Um, so, um, it's a, it's a big, uh, a big mission and a big target, but that, you know, that's, that's obviously the game. And, uh, do you know if they will invest again, you know, in the next round, but yeah. bigger tech? Yeah. Um, I think we have a really good relationship. Uh, they are continuously up to speed about what's going on in the business. Um, I, I've really enjoyed working with them. I think it's, it's, uh, uh, goes both ways. And I think we have a really good relationship. And so. Um, I think they're really excited with what we're building and the traction the company's been gaining. And so um, I, I think they would want to continue to support the companies. Uh, so far, things are going well. And I think, you know, we want to continue to develop that relationship. Me too. I want you to succeed. Thank you. <laughs> I think this is really important service for founders. Um, what is the question I did not ask you and I should have? Um... I don't know. What's the secret to fundraising? <laughs> do, you, do you ask me or do you ask yourself? Do you have an answer? The secret to fundraising? Ah, no, I think I think it's the same if you want to find the secret of love. You know, uh, there is no... You go on a dating app, no? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the process, not the secret. I don't, I don't, I don't think there is. Yeah, yeah, there is. There is uh, I think the secret is to understand that it is not uh, what you see in the movies uh, or what you read when you read the news and you see how oh, they raise this amount with a pitch deck. This is not reality. <laughs> and the process of fundraising is, I think, quite hard. And you need to understand that you are not good at it because yep. it's not your job. You are a founder. You're not a, a, a guy. You're not a banker. Money. You're not a banker. Exactly. But if there is a secret, I want to know it. <laughs> Look, I don't know. Maybe the word secret is not the right word. I don't, I don't know if there's a secret, but I think there's, in my experience, there's two fundamental things about fundraising, right? Um, that I think are really important on a founder journey when you fundraise. 
first of all, fundraising is all about storytelling, especially in the early stages. Yes, you might have some stats or metrics. Yes, you might have like a TAM and things like that. But like you are telling the story and you need to make the people in the room believe why this could be one day a billion dollar company and why they should be excited and why if they don't invest now, they're missing out on the biggest opportunity of their life, right? And look, later stage companies, it's less about, obviously there's storytelling, but there's numbers and there's metrics and there's stats and there's benchmarks and there's things that are like very it's obvious. Story. But, it, but, but storytelling to me is the most important part of, of fundraising um, in the early stages. And I think another thing that's really important founders to remember is every no is one step closer to a yes. There is a fund out there. There is a VC. There is an angel. There's a super angel that will invest in your company. You just haven't found them. There's, you know, it has, it has to be the right time. It has to be the person that has a passion to the space, a passion to your, um, your, your product, passion for the team. Maybe he went to the same school you went to. Maybe he built a, worked at a company that used to do it, right? It's like those things need to come together and collide. And it, it, they're out there. Like there are people, it's their job to invest money. Like they, they, they want to find the right matches, right? And so um, I really am a big believer that every no is one step closer to the yes. You don't need to be, you know, demotivated because you got to no. know. You should think about the fact you got to no. know you're actually a step closer to getting a yes. Um, and I'm, I'm a big believer of that. And, and I think uh, you, like I say to founders, you will raise capital. Just, you know, it, it'll take time. And it's, it's like a, to your uh, comparison to dating apps and love, like every, every, every date you go on that's not successful is a no in a sense. It's one step closer to finding the true love. And I think uh, it's very similar in fundraising as well. I was going to ask you what was your advice for a young startup founders, but I think this is it. You know, I love it. We're going to end this episode on just on this because I love it. Every no is one step closer to a yes. And I think that's a great, great uh, piece of knowledge to keep in mind, especially when you are in the dark. Um, thank you very much, Jory, for everything for this uh, episode and telling us how do you raise money. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. I hope you had a great time. If you have any question, any comment, uh, please ask us and have a good day. Bye, Jory. Bye. Thank you. Merci d'avoir écouté cet épisode. J'espère qu'il t'a plu. Pour aider le podcast, tu as trois choses à faire. 1. T'abonner, ça fait vraiment plaisir. 2. Écrire un commentaire en posant une question ou proposant le prochain invité. Et 3. Partager cette vidéo avec un entrepreneur. Comme d'habitude, notre invité et moi-même, on répondra à toutes vos questions en commentaire. On se voit bientôt pour un nouvel épisode du podcast Levez des fonds avec sa startup.